Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host Kate Boyle and I have a very tiny favor to ask you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app now as this tells everybody else that this is a great podcast to listen to. Okay, so diving into this week's episode, we are talking about the return to exercise and some of the things that we need to consider and thinking about if we are returning to exercise. Now, this may be we've had a break after having a baby. Maybe we've just had a break because we've been dealing with some stressful situations with our family, or maybe we've had an injury I've been going through or being diagnosed with a condition that we need to just had to slow down a little bit and have a break from movement. Now, all these things are totally natural and we will go through ebbs and flows in our lives where we have more motivation or more energy to exercise. But when we have that, you know, feeling that it's time to get back into exercise, I hope that some of this advice can help you get back into exercise easily with less you know, barriers that you need to overcome and hold you in a steadfast state so that you have less injuries as well. So the first thing we need to think about that if we've had a break from exercise and we're beginning our return is that we need to go slowly. So any period of time, whether or not we've had an injury or we've just from circumstances needed to take a break, when we're getting back into things, our body is not used to, you know, running or cycling or whatever your, you know, preferred type of exercise may be, it's had a bit of a break. So we need to start to ease into this exercise a little bit more gently than maybe what we previously have before. Now, what that can look like is starting to just build in small bouts of exercise. So shorter periods of time to begin with, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, whether or not that's a walk, a run, a cycle, a swim, some Pilates, you know, whatever your loved form of exercise is, just remember that you can't, you know, go back to exercise and expect your body to be doing the things that it did before. And that's okay. We need to be gentle with ourselves, give ourselves some grace and take the time we need. So when we are returning, just have small goals. Start with just 10 to 15 minutes. Start with that one day and maybe aim to do that two to three times that week to start to build up a level of fitness, but also to start to create a habit. If we can schedule that in, it makes it so much easier for us as well. So grab out your diary. You guys know I've said this before and block out that time where you're going to dedicate that time to yourself, create that appointment with yourself to move your body. And again, 15 minutes, block that time out. Maybe you're just going to go for a walk. Maybe you're going to roll out your mat and do some Pilates. Maybe you're going to do it with me in the membership, whatever it may be block out that time and it will make it easier. So my first advice is to go slowly. My second is to be kind. Your body may have had a break. It might be recovering from an illness, an injury, a surgery. So 
muscle contraction may not be as good as it was before, okay? It may not be as easy to get into certain positions or you may get more puffed if you're returning to cardio exercise. So slow down, listen to your body. And that's one of the biggest pieces of advice for life in general is that we really need to listen to our body. Our body will communicate with us whether or not it gives us a pain signal. It might, we might get puffed out. So our breathing might be harder. We might find that, you know, we get a little bit dizzy because maybe we haven't been breathing enough during our exercise or we might be exerting ourselves a little bit too much and our blood pressure may have dropped. So all these signals with our body are telling us and communicating us and telling us that we need to slow down, take a break, change our movement. You may also just get other communications from your body that's, you know, the endorphins are flowing. You may feel more energized. You may feel happier. You know, all of these communications are really important to pay attention to. And the more we pay attention to it, the easier it is to continue to pay attention to in the future. So that feedback can then alter, help you alter your workout program, whether or not you need to make it a little bit harder, a little bit easier, a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, whatever it may be, listening to your body is the key when you're continuing and building on your program. Now, the other thing to remember too, when you're getting back into exercise is it is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, if you haven't been moving and then you go for a 15 minute walk at a decent pace and you start to get a bit of a huff and a puff on, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Or if you've taken a break from your Pilates and you get back into a workout, especially if you're doing one with me, because I am renowned for getting you to connect your muscles and work, but in, you know, the nicest possible way, you may feel that, you know, you start to fatigue in certain muscles or the next day you may pull up a little bit sore in the right way. That DOMS feeling, that delayed onset of muscle soreness, where the muscles are a little bit achy because they've been contracting and working. Now that's okay. It's totally normal to feel these things. And again, it's building our body awareness or our proprioception to feel these things, be aware of them and go, okay, that's from doing my workout. What can I learn from this? If you pulled up really sore, maybe you overdid it a little bit too much. You did too many reps. If you didn't pull up sore at all, you know that that workout was good, but you probably can challenge yourself a little bit more. And the same if you're doing cardio, if you're puffing a little bit, you can slow your speed down, get your breath back, and then try to up the pace and the tempo a little bit more. Being that little bit out of breath is a good signal that we're working our heart cardiovascularly. We're really getting that blood pumping. We're building that fitness, but we don't want to be to that point where we can't breathe. You know, we have to stop or we get to the point where we feel sick. So a few people that I know have returned to exercise and, you know, they've taken a good break. Maybe it's been a full year off and then they come back to exercise and they go for a run straight away and 15 minutes into running or 10 minutes into running, they feel really nauseous. And that's your body way of saying it's a little bit too hard, too fast. So come back, do a walk first, do a few walks for a couple of weeks, then do a walk run, build in a jog, and then build up to that running as you start to develop that cardio fitness. So paying attention, pacing yourself is really important. Now, another thing that we can think about when we're returning to exercise is our pelvic floor. Now, as women, our pelvic floor strength changes 
whether or not we're returning to exercise after having a baby and whether or not you had a pelvic floor delivery or a cesarean delivery and maybe you had babies 5, 10, 20 years ago, we can still have damage done to the pelvic floor at that time. Maybe we didn't strengthen those muscles and we still have some issues with pelvic floor. So pelvic floor is a really important area that women especially need to consider when we're returning to exercise. Now, I often, especially if you've had a baby, it's really great to consult with a pelvic floor physio or if you know you're having some issues with pelvic floor, and these can go in both directions. So more often, we're more familiar with having a weak pelvic floor. We see these adverts on TV that say, you know, are you having leakage issues? Put these liners in and that will stop any embarrassment. So we've all seen them. We've all heard of our friends, you know, or people saying, oh, I laughed so hard, I peed, or I coughed and I peed, you know. So that is, you know, some indication of having a weaker pelvic floor. And the thing to know is this may be common. One out of three women have issues with their pelvic floor, but it doesn't need to be normal. So if you can go off and see a pelvic floor physio, she can give you, one, she can assess your pelvic floor strength. And then two, they can work on a plan of either giving you strengthening exercises for your pelvic floor or you can now get you know, devices that you insert that help to assess pelvic floor. Or if you have issues with, say, prolapse, you know, and surgery is an option, you can at least find out that information. Now, that's the weak pelvic floor. Now, the flip side of the weak pelvic floor is a strong pelvic floor, a pelvic floor that is too strong, that is hypertonic, okay, and really is not allowing you to release your pelvic floor to go to the toilet, to pass wind, you know, all of these things that are really important for the health of our pelvic floor. Now, this seems to be more common in women that have had traumatic births or potentially have had, you know, a high sporting background. Someone like myself, I definitely have an overactive pelvic floor. I spent many of my younger years dancing, drawing up that pelvic floor for all that jumping and leaping and spinning, you know, and then that transgressed into me having some, you know, trouble when I was in my deliveries with my birth because I found it really hard to relax my pelvic floor. And post having babies, that's something that I've had to work on is that relaxation of my pelvic floor. So bringing your pelvic floor into consideration when you're returning to exercise is a big deal. Okay. So definitely if you have any doubts, go see a pelvic floor physio. They are really wonderful. You know, if you don't know of one, ask a friend or a family member, or if you're in the Melbourne area, reach out to me and I can definitely refer you to see someone. Now, the reason that it's important is because if we have a weaker pelvic floor and then we want to get back into running, we really need to focus on strengthening that pelvic floor so that we're not going to get leakage with every bound and step we take when we run. Okay. We also want to prevent prolapse. So you're getting that awareness of our pelvic floor, building in those exercises can be really important. Also, if you have an overactive pelvic floor, you may want to look at exercise like yoga and Pilates that have a lot of connection to the pelvic floor and your breath to help to release it. So Also, as we age and we get older, our pelvic floor tissue changes due to the drop in collagen. So as we age, the collagen matrix in our skin that helps keep all our tissues nice and plump tends to start to drop. Well, it does drop. And this is why we start to get 
wrinkles in our skin and our part of the reason why our muscle tone and especially in our pelvic floor, the muscle tone starts to drop. So even if you are a woman in your 50s or 60s and you've never had children, you can still have a weaker pelvic floor and issues with your pelvic floor just to the changes in the dropping of estrogen and progesterone and then also this reduction in collagen as well. So getting our pelvic floor under control is a great thing too when we're looking at getting back into exercise. Hi everyone, I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that you can download a free 15-minute core Pilates workout that I've designed especially for you to work your entire body and your core, including your pelvic floor and deep layer of abdominals to really build strength, stability and mobility. This is a nice quick workout you can fit into your day. It's definitely 100% doable. You don't need any equipment to do it. And I guarantee once you finish your 15 minutes of Pilates, you will feel stronger, more energized, taller and really joyful and happy for moving your body and getting those endorphins moving. So don't forget, head on over to the show notes and download that free core workout and try some Pilates with me. I can't wait to see you on your mat. The other thing is when we're looking at returning, we want to start to increase our load gradually. So we talked about before about not going too hard too fast, but this is also the case when we're lifting weights and we might be adding, you know, body weight exercises like squats and lunges, things that are going to get big muscle groups working. So they're going to give us great results in building muscle. And especially if we're adding extra load like weights, we need to make sure that we're adding that load gradually and again, building up that strength slowly. So we may start our, you know, first workout or first few workouts with no weights, just doing those body weight exercises or getting back into Pilates with a low spring load. Then as we start to build strength, you know, if you're working out from home, you might start working out with one or 1.5 kilo weights, you know, spring load may go up, start to add in some bands, lighter bands. But then as we start to progress, we can increase that weight and we might be working out with two or 2.5, you know, hand kilo weights. Or if you're in the gym and you're doing some compound, you know, you might have started at five kilos and you can progress to 10 kilos. So my overall point is don't go too hard, too fast, even when it comes to our weight. That progressive load is really important for one, when we're developing those movement patterns. Again, we want to make sure we're developing really good movement patterns that are going to be supportive to our body and help prevent injuries. And the same with that load. If we add in too much load and we don't have the muscle strength to to control it, then that's when we're going to get into issues with injuries as well. Now, also talking about building strength, we need to find that balance between mobility and strength when we're returning to exercise. If we haven't been exercising for a while, our mobility might not be that fantastic. Now, I'll use the example of a squat. Generally, you know, everybody can sit down into a chair and stand up, but can you squat all the way down to the floor, keeping your heels connected to the floor? You may not be able to do that. You might be listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, I'll check that now. See how my squat is. You know, when you do that squat, do you have any pain in the knees or the hips? Do your heels need to lift off? Does your chest need to drop forward? This is where the mobility comes in. And we may need to start to work on 
having that smaller squat range to begin with, really working on building the alignment and strength through the hips and the knees. You know, you might need to add in a heel lift when you're going into that squat. And once that becomes, you know, that range becomes comfortable, then you can lower the heel lift and then finally take it out. You also need may, may need to work on the mobility of your upper back. A lot of time, if we're talking about that squat example, People think that they can't get down into that full squat because they're being hindered by their hip mobility or their knee or ankle mobility when actually it's coming to their thoracic, their mid back is so stiff that that's actually restricting their range of squatting down. So thinking about our mobility and adding in some different forms of exercise that focus on mobility, like Pilates is a great example or yoga, you know, or just following some exercises and adding in some stretches at home, then these are really great things that we want to add in to make sure that we're getting a really good balance of mobility and strength when we're returning to exercise. And then we want to look at the overall balance of our exercise routine. So if we are looking to get back into exercise and we're only doing cardiovascular work, but we're not doing any strength training, then we again might find that we have an imbalance and we might end up getting an injury. So where possible, if you can find a cardio activity that you really love and enjoy, maybe that's dancing. And you can find some way that you can add in some weighted work. Maybe that's through lifting weights at the gym. Maybe it's doing some bodyweight workouts at home. Maybe it's doing a Pilates class so that you're getting that combination of your mobility and strength work and your cardio. Then that is your optimal form of a fitness routine or fitness habit that you can get back into. And that may look a little bit different for everyone. You may look at doing two cardio sessions a week, a dance class and a walk. And then you might look at doing three strength training sessions a week. So we do know that as we age, especially for women, as our estrogen level drops, you know, and estrogen is so vital for helping us to build bone mass to help prevent osteoporosis. We really want to make sure that we're adding in that strength training to maintain the bone mass and increase it, but also to maintain and increase muscle mass too. Add in that balance of strength training and cardiovascular training. We also find for women, as we enter that sort of perimenopause and menopause stage, if cortisol is too high and we're producing, you know, too much cortisol, we've got too too much of that stress hormone, you know, happening that can increase our risk of developing low progesterone because the precursor for cortisol is actually the precursor for progesterone. So if we're using it to produce more cortisol because we're stressed, we don't have that precursor to produce progesterone. Therefore, our progesterone levels drop. When that happens, it forces us into estrogen dominance because it doesn't necessarily mean estrogen levels aren't going to rise, but we're not going to have that nice balance between progesterone and estrogen. So ultimately, it means that estrogen is high, which pushes us into estrogen dominance and means that we're going to have more issues and symptoms that come with that, things like painful breaths, you know, it might be night sweats, it might be painful periods if you're still having periods you know, inability to sleep or once you fall asleep, you wake up because those cortisol levels are too high. So there are a lot of issues that come with that. So managing stress is another big one when we're coming back to exercise. We want to put enough hormetic stress on our body where we're building strength cardiovascularly and 
both with our muscle mass with weights, but not too much stress that it pushes us into high cortisol levels or contributes to further high cortisol levels, which will have detrimental effects on our body, which those may be things like hair loss, feeling cold all the time, lack of energy, really feeling tired. You know, all of these things when cortisol starts to get pushed too high can manifest in the body and come up. So if we can balance our exercise so that we're getting enough stress on the body that we're building muscle mass, we're building bone mass and cardiovascular health, but not so much that it's overstressing us, then this is a balance we want to find. Now, this may find sort of sound hard to find that balance, but it's not. It's going back to those things that I was talking about earlier, making sure that we can get to that point where, you know, we're huffing and puffing, but we're not pushing ourselves too far. The same with when we're lifting weights. We're lifting weights. We might feel a good burn after our workout the next day, but not to the point where we can't move or we end up doing an injury. So that balance point is going to be different for everyone. Each person is individual. Each person has a different level of fitness when they're returning to exercise, different levels of muscle mass, adipose tissue, bone strength. But having this, you know, concept and these thoughts in mind when you are returning is important. And as I said before, especially for women, as we age, our risk for osteoporosis goes up. You know, we've got perimenopause and menopause happening and all these hormonal changes. So these are great things just to keep in mind. So we're getting the most out of our exercise physically as well as mentally as well. And finally, I think the last points to think about when we're returning to exercise to help with our motivation levels, you know, a few things to remember. One, try to pick movement and exercise that you enjoy doing. Really find, you know, whether or not it's the community from that exercise, you know, so you're going to your Pilates class and you can create those friendships and that network that helps you to keep going back. Maybe it's just because you did that movement when you were a child, you know, you had that as a hobby and you really loved it. Try to connect with movement that means that you want to do that movement. You don't dread doing it. That is definitely going to help with our motivation. And then to try to build that movement into your habits in your everyday life. If at the same time every day you get up and you do your Pilates workout or you get up and you go for your walk, then you're going to be more likely to follow through with that because it becomes a daily habit or, you know, a habit you do every Wednesday and Friday, whatever that habit may be. So making sure that you make it part of your everyday life, create that habit around it. That is definitely going to help also. And then finally, remembering that even as a fitness you know, professional myself, I don't get up every morning, bound out of bed and be like, yes, I can't wait to do Pilates. Some mornings I'm definitely like that. I'm like, oh, it's going to be such, you know, so fantastic to move today. But other mornings, you know, I can wake up and feel tired just like everybody else. So your motivation is going to wane. That is totally normal. But if we have created that habit and we also know how good we feel after doing that movement, then it gives us the motivation to want to do that movement and follow through. So just remembering that the journey of returning to fitness is never easy. Any, you know, anything in life and health is never easy. It may be simple. You know, it's simple to know that you need to move your body 15 minutes a day, but it might not be easy to do. So when that motivation is lacking, focus on how you feel after you finish. 
You know, you know how you feel after you finish. Focus on that feeling. Start your workout thinking about that and that will help you follow through. And then also try to get rid of those barriers that prevent you from working out. You know, if you don't have time to get to the gym, then don't sign up for a gym membership. You know, work out from home, unroll your mat, jump down, do your Pilates, do your yoga exercises, do that body weight workout that's going to be simple for you to do for your lifestyle. So really creating a fitness workout schedule that's going to fit into where you are in your life right now. And remember, our lives change. So what worked for you before, you know, going to the gym four times a week, you know, in your 20s might have worked really well. In your 30s, it might be home workouts and they may have been fantastic. In your 40s and 50s, maybe you started to have some joint issues and so you want to protect your joints and so you start doing, you know, water aerobics and working out in the water. These are things and considerations to take into thought when we're creating our workout schedule to help make sure that we get the most out of it. All right, that's it for this week on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed these. If you are enjoying and returning back to exercise and you enjoyed this episode, then reach out and let me know. You can tag me on socials, you know, let me know your aha movement. I always love to hear. All right, that's it for me for this week. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.